The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. Welcome to another episode of Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. I'm Rick, coming to you live from Mount Prospect, Illinois. Adam, where are, where are we uh, talking to you today? Back in the office in Arlington Heights. Okay, so not far from each other. Yeah. Um, we have a lot to discuss. It was a, a fun weekend uh, at... Uh, in in soccer but uh first of all everything was it was it a nice uh holiday for you thanksgiving great holiday you know i love my thanksgiving it's an extra day for me to eat some turkey so i'm happy about that and uh yeah i mean it was good i didn't have anything going on it was nice to enjoy and sit down a lot a lot of premier league on the weekend so it was good yeah it, it was i was uh very much a couch potato this weekend. I think I watched five games, <laughs> so got lots <laughs> to talk about. And so let's start it off with our audio of uh, the Premier League. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? Okay, what's happening on the pitch? And I know there's one game in particular that Adam uh, is concerned about, and that was maybe one of the uh, marquee matchups of the weekend. Uh, Tottenham uh, versus uh, Adam's favorite team, Chelsea, and did not go so well for your boys. No, definitely not. Uh, very frustrating day. I thought uh, Tottenham thoroughly deserved to win the game. They played extremely well. Their energy level was extremely high, and uh, seemed like Chelsea were a little flat in the game, on, and uh, consequently ended up on the losing side. I actually, th- I actually thought Tottenham played as well as I've ever seen them play. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they they came out. I mean, I think the ma- the manager even talked about it, uh, Pochettino, before the game. You know, soccer's not too difficult in the fact that it's you know it's a lot about energy, and it seemed like Chelsea had none, and Tottenham just came out flying. I mean, they were pressuring the ball. I don't think Chelsea even crossed over the halfway line until about ten minutes in. Right, it just seemed like they couldn't get out of the half. And they did a really good job on on all of the Chelsea players, and just were sticking the ball up so high off the up the pitch, and uh, caused lots of problems. And Son uh, from Tottenham looked really dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it could have been four or five goals, yeah. you know, before half time. I think he could have had three or four himself. Right. Uh, he missed a couple of sitters, and then he scored that fantastic goal as well. Uh, and uh, for those of us in the American portion of our audience, a sitter is <laughs> a sitter is an easy one. Okay, uh, Thank you. one in front of the goal. There was one yesterday too in the game yesterday. I don't know if you saw that, but I think they're saying it's the worst miss in in history. Literally, open goal from two yards, and he hit it wide. I did but, yeah. see that. That was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I. You know, I only. Uh, I feel pain uh, for the players because I have done it myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I've I've watched my son do it too. So. Yeah. I, exactly. We've done it. Our sons have done it. I know exactly how you feel. Well, anyway, sorry about that. I watched that game with two Chelsea fans. Uh, my son, uh, Sean, is a huge Chelsea fan somehow. I don't know who converted him into that. Thanks very much. <laughs> and also uh, my brother, and unbeknownst to me, is also a huge Chelsea fan. So, Really? So they were not happy. They were not happy watching that game. 
yeah, yeah. Just a, it, it was a tough one. It was it was a tough one for Chelsea fans to watch. And yeah. when you look at the players, uh, you, you hate to say it, but David Luiz looked like he went back oh, to how he, bad yeah. he was before. He looked extremely, uh, extremely tough, extremely rough in terms of how he played. So he looks it, it, he looks so slow out there sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah, and and the third goal especially, it yeah. seemed like Sun just walked past him. It was like watching some of our U10s tackle. You know, <laughs> right. he came over. Right, and, right. he oh was right God. there. He was right there. Exactly. Yeah. He's just like, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you want a me. shot? Okay, yeah. Here, have a, and, and also, uh, not to belabor this game, but that second goal that Tottenham scored, the Harry Kane goal, it looked like the goalie just like, yeah, you know what, that's too, eh. And I think I'm going to go for that one. Exactly. It was the same thing. And I think Luis was in the way. I think the goalie was a little slight, slightly, he couldn't see very well because Luis was in front of him. But again, oh, okay. goalie didn't even move. No. But but didn't even move. And the frustrate. and this is the thing, and I, I've been reading a lot of stuff about it. They're saying that seven of the 11 goals that Chelsea have conceded this year, David Luis's fault. So I'm just wow. putting that out there. Wow. That's and this was the first game that Chelsea has lost all season. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. And, and and I don't want to put all the blame on him, but he did when when Chelsea plays poorly, it seems like he's kind of the worst player on the field. Yeah. All right. Well, it is kind of a key position. That center back position is kind of a key position. And if he's not playing at his top, then you're going to be yeah. in trouble. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the uh that West Ham versus Man City game because um, Man City, top of the table. Uh, Liverpool's just a couple points behind them. But Man City, uh, in my, this is just my opinion. I don't know if you saw the game. I did. I did. I watched the whole game, yeah. I thought West Ham looked good. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if you told me that that was a 4 to nothing game, I wouldn't have believed it because they, they had opportunities. They were, they were passing the ball well. They had good possession. And yet Man City is just deadly. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of positives there in terms of how West Ham played. Like you said, they were moving the ball, knocking it around. They looked comfortable at times. There were some good good moments when they were pressuring the Man City defenders, were able to steal the ball high. And like you said, they had chances. But the thing is, Man City is absolutely clinical. Yeah. Anytime they get an opportunity, they put it away. Right. I mean, within... 20 minutes, it was 2 nothing. It was like boom, boom, boom. And it was just so clinical finishing in terms of how they do things. It's They're, they're, they're a very, very good team. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't see anybody catching them. But it, it is still early. We've only finished one-third of the season. And this is usually the time when managers start getting fired. And we had our first firing uh, this week. And yeah. that was at Fulham. And it, it turned into a win. Yeah, yeah. They they talk a lot about when a managers uh, are fired or quit, and then a new manager comes in. There's this uptake in energy around the around the team. And uh, perfect example with Fulham. You know, Fulham was at the bottom of the league, struggling, conceding goals like nobody's business, and all of a sudden they they come out and win a big game against a, a team that's again struggling as well in Southampton. So credit to them. Claudio Ranieri is back. He's yeah. the one that 
did all those miracles with Leicester City a few years ago, and I remember him as a Chelsea manager as well. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he, he's already he's already fixing things, which is great. He's got a great track record. He certainly knows what he's doing. Um, so c- congratulations to Fulham. Now I want to talk to you also. Uh, I also got to see the. Uh, uh, Brighton Hove Albion. Did I say yep. that correctly? <laughs> Perfectly correct. I, I've yep. just been abbreviating it in my notes here as BHA, and it all, I had like a <laughs> moment of panic, like, oh my God, what does that even stand for? I couldn't remember. Um, anyway, against uh, Leicester City. And uh, there was a moment in that game where James Madison, who's the, who's the big star of the of Leicester City, the young uh, uh, up-and-coming star on that team, yep. He got a cheap yellow card early in the game, and then he flopped in the box and got a second yellow card and was ejected from the game. Is yeah. there a dumber way to get ejected from the game than that? Oh, yeah. I think if certainly if certainly from a coaching standpoint, that's probably going to be the most frustrating thing because you know you can live with a bad yellow card, but when you pick up that second one and then you have to and then you're down a man, just makes it very very difficult for them to get back into the game fortunately they was able to get back into the game and and score a goal but yeah it's, it's just puts you puts you behind the eight ball it makes it difficult for the team to get back i think it, i think honestly i think it was the second time this year that leicester city went down a man and then came back <laughs> yeah <laughs> somehow well, yeah you're right jamie vardy he again another stupid uh card he he actually was a, it was the striker's challenge that we've talked about right. before, you know, it's one yeah. of those ones where he comes in flying from nowhere and says, okay, now I'm going to become a defender. And he's certainly not a defender, takes the player out and gets a straight red. So yeah, it seems like Leicester have been kind of their own worst enemy at times. They've been kind of knocking themselves out of games when, when they have a lot of talent, they've got a good team. Yeah, they, they, sure. they certainly do. Uh, so every time I watch a game as an American, whenever I watch Leicester city and I watch this James Madison, I think, you know, the fourth president of the United States, James Madison. And I started thinking about, you know, is it possible that there were any other uh, Premier League players that had the names of American presidents? And what do you think the answer to that question is? There's probably a few. Yeah, there there were three. There were three. Yes, I I actually looked up all 45. And all of them are feasible, if you think about it, except maybe Barack Obama. All of them are feasible because they all have, you know, English heritage. Yeah, sure. Going all the way back. Um, So there were no John Adams, but there was a Mickey Neal and a Tony. There was no Andrew Jackson, uh, but there was a Darren, Johnny, Mark, Matt, Richard, and Simeon. Um, I can go through all of them, but you know, but the the three that existed, there were two Andrew Johnsons. Yeah, yeah. Andy do you remember Johnson, them? Yeah. I do. There was an Andy Johnson that played. Oh, he was he was quite a quite a player. I remember striker scored a bunch of goals. I'm trying to go back. Actually, I think he got in a bit of trouble. Ended up having to spend some time in prison. I think a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, there was one Andy Johnson. And there's the, been and, a few. You know, a few the president Andrew Johnson uh, was impeached. So I mean, there, there maybe there's makes, some danger with that name. Makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. The other one, by the way, was a midfielder from uh, Wales, who played for Norwich City, Nottingham Forest, and West Brom. I think the one you're talking about 
played for Crystal Palace, Everton. Uh, That's right. Yep, right. exactly. And played a few games with the national team, too. In the early, yeah, he did. The early did O's. striker. Yeah, he was a great striker. Scored a bunch of goals there for a while. Got into some trouble. I think he got into some type of uh, an issue with at a bar, whatever it may be. Huh. And... Uh, and consequently kind of went down the divisions. But I think he was still scoring goals until pretty recently as well. Uh, the other president uh, was Jimmy Carter. There was a oh, uh, yeah. player uh, that played for Liverpool, Arsenal, and Millwall. I'm not familiar with that team. Yeah, It's a winger, and his name That's was Jimmy right. Carter. I do remember Jimmy Carter as a player. And it's so funny because... I don't think of them as presidents. You know, when you think of those, it's funny how you think of them straight away as a president. I just think of them as a soccer player. Right. Like James Madison. I just think of James Madison as a soccer player, not necessarily as a president. And I was a history major. What does that tell you? Yeah. Uh, well. And the same thing with Jimmy Carter. It's the same thing. It's just like, that's so funny. That's, I, I know of Jimmy Carter, the soccer player. That's who I think of first. Well, I think perhaps our uh, difference in heritage may have something to do with that. <laughs> sure. That's true. That's true. Uh, so let's talk about Huddersfield uh, before we uh, get to explain that foreign tradition, because uh, something amazing happened in that game. Huddersfield scored two goals. Yes. Which is the first time in 22 matches that they have scored two goals, which is unbelievably pathetic. It really is. It really is. And, but I tell you, I mean, and again, this is a team that everybody wants to write off. It's a team that we all think, oh, they're going down. They're not going to do it. But for whatever reason, and this is what makes the English Premier League so special, is that these teams now, as you can say the same about Fulham, they've got a bit of life to them now and, yeah. and different things. But any given day, I mean, right. that's the amazing thing about it, any given day. And for them to win, it's it's crazy. you know. And now they're moving up the table. You know, well, I know, 15th that's the place. thing. Yeah, you go from in one, you pick up three points. Three points are just gigantic, <laughs> especially exactly. at this time of the season. And against a great, you know, one of my favorite teams to watch against Wolves, who yeah. I think plays some of the most attractive football that possible. And and I watched a good chunk of that game as well. And, I, and to be fair, Huddersfield did play pretty well. Yeah, they did. And at the very end of the game, uh, an American got on the field, Danny Williams, who yeah. plays for Huddersfield. I didn't, I didn't even know that uh, that we had an American playing for Huddersfield, but it was nice to see he got three three whole minutes of playing time, <laughs> but in a victory, yeah. in a victory. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he was one of those German-Americans that Klinsmann found uh, in the depths of Germany. I think he played in Germany for quite a bit, actually, right. before he came over. Um, and he hasn't played on the national team for pretty recently. I think 2017 was the last time he played. But, right, I know. Yeah. So when, when he's one of those Americans with quotes. Yes, yes. Right. But again, you know, so is the coach. That's right. Uh, David Wagner, I believe his name is. That's uh, correct. All right. So let's uh, let's go to uh, explain that foreign tradition. We have some audio. And now explain that foreign tradition, please. Okay. So this is, you know, uh, I like talking about how the British announcers uh, give us a uh, unvarnished or unvarnished um <laughs> Uh, approach to announcing the game. They don't talk down to the Americans. And sometimes 
for me as a dumb American, I don't quite understand what they're saying. And here's one example. During the uh, Man City game against West Ham, West Ham had a lot of corner kicks and the announcers were talking about yeah. how how good these corner kicks were because they were flat corners. Mm-hmm. What does that mm-hmm. mean? <laughs> well, typically what they mean by a flat corner is that it's kind of a driven type of a ball in. So rather where it kind of loops in, it might be an in-swing or an out-swing. Now these flat corners have a bit more pace. They're driven with the, the top part of the player's foot and then it just makes it a lot easier for maybe attackers to attack the ball. And then really they don't have to think about it as much. They're just running at the ball. They've got the pace of that driven flat ball coming in, and then they can hopefully score a goal. So, that's so meaning mean. it has uh, less spin on it? or Exactly, oh, yeah. Less okay. spin, just a driven hard ball, but at a good height where players can still challenge for it. So, yeah, I mean uh, – it, it, and it's starting to be a little bit more effective, especially because, you know, there's some teams with some big guys that have come up, their center backs will come up and they get that ball in. It makes it difficult for, for teams to defend. Yeah, I like uh, watching uh, Virgil van Dyke when he gets up there because he's, oh. he's like a head taller than anybody else and, and nobody can beat him to a head ball. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, when you get some of these players, I, mean, I, I always kind of use this, you know, people talk about this, you know, think about if you was able to put some of the size of these basketball players on some of these free kicks and if they imagine. knew how to play, my goodness, you would have a team and a half, wouldn't you? Yeah, That's yeah. Just, imagine Peter Crouch with uh, with athletic ability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So another thing that I like about the announcers is they uh, they use adjectives that uh, are very colorful adjectives that our announcers here in America just don't use. I talked about uh, last week, I, th- I believe it was guile was one that uh, yeah, they just use yeah. uh, very um, inconspicuously, just in the middle of a sentence talking about guile. This week, I heard a great one, and that was uh, an attempted goal was audacious, an audacious <laughs> attempt at scoring a goal. That is a word that just describes it beautifully, isn't it? Yeah, oh, fantastic. I mean, like you said, they, sometimes just one word would explain exactly what's going on. And I think that's one thing that was kind of nice about a lot of the commentators. A lot of the commentators in England have actually learned their trade actually doing radio commentary. So they have to be more descriptive. As you know, as a, as a radio guy, yeah. you have to really explain and describe what's happening. And so I give a lot of credit to the the commentators because they start in radio and kind of work their way up to TV. It's not straight into TV. So well, we got a good batch of them. With. Got a good batch of them that we're watching these days. Now, um, I know that uh, you're kind of flying on top of the world there as uh, the director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. <laughs> kind of a big shot <laughs> in, in the state. That. So it's time to to make you uh, a little more humble, and I do that through these quizzes uh, that we uh, bring every week. And this week we're going to test you on a on a club that I bet you, you don't know anything about or very little about, and that is Huddersfield Town. Yeah, you ready for this? I'm ready. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> All right. There'll be five questions, as always. You have to get three of them correct in order to win. And we're going to start with a very uh, very easy one. What year was Huddersfield Town founded? And I'll give you a multiple choice. 
Was it 1899, 1908, 1922, or 1926? Hmm. I know that they've had some recent kind of stuff going on, so I'm going to give a shot at 1908. <laughs> Very good. Now, you know Ooh. that I've got, a, I've got a soft spot for that year because of the Cubs, so... That yeah. did kind of jump out at me, and I gave – so that's a free one for okay, you. Okay, good. Just because you that's know good. me. <laughs> All right, here we go. In the 1920s, Huddersfield won the top division championship three years in a row. They were in the top league. They won it three years in a row. Their manager shared a last name with John Lennon's assassin. What was it? Well – Historically, he had a lot of um, history because he was able to – he did a lot of stuff with formations and tactics. That would be Mr. Herbert Chapman. Oh, my God. You have studied. That is very impressive. Okay. Yeah. All right. Two and for I, two. And I, did, and I did know the assassination of, uh, of John Lennon too, so there you okay. go. Okay. All right. That would be Mark David Chapman. <laughs> All right. We talked about David Wagner, the manager – of uh, Huddersfield, the current manager, is a German-American. He famously coached uh, at Borussia Dortmund before coming to the EPL, but he also played many years in the Bundesliga. Which team did he not play for? Okay. Eintracht Frankfurt, Schalke 04, Darmstadt 98, or Hertha Berlin? He played for three of those four. I'm going to give a shot the last one, Hertha Berlin. Oh, you suck. I can't believe you got all three of these right. <laughs> that, that was a guess. I'll be honest with you. So, But, hey, we'll take it. All right. Well, now you, you've already passed. I can't believe it. I thought I had you. All right. So uh, what brand uniform does Huddersfield wear? Do they wear Adidas, Puma, Umbro, or Nike? That I do know. It is Umbro. Four for four. Whoa. My okay. goodness. Okay. All right. Here we go. The last one. I always ask about the supporters, so I'm going to ask you about this. Which of the following is or was a supporter of Huddersfield Town? Was it Sir Patrick Stewart, Sir Richard Attenborough, Sir David Niven, or Sir John Gilgood? Mm. Now that's a. You always get me on these ones. That's a, Oh my goodness! I'm gonna go. Most of those guys, it seemed like they were from the south because Huddersfield's in the north. It's a Yorkshire town. I'm gonna go with. Maybe I'll give it a go with Richard Attenborough. Ha <laughs> ha! Finally got you. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it was Captain Picard. Sir Patrick oh. Stewart is a is a. Uh, Somebody who grew up in Huddersfield Town. Interesting. And so there you go. Um, if you are uh, looking for this show, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, you can find us on iTunes or at Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, we've got an RSS feed on the Radio Misfits uh, dot com uh, page. Also, uh, we are on Spotify. <laughs> And uh, we do talk mainly about the English Premier League, but because Adam is such a big shot here in the uh, state of Illinois, we also <laughs> sometimes have to talk about uh, what's happening here. So we have some audio for that. In this country, we call it soccer, partner. 
Okay. Anything uh, happening uh, at your office these days? Yeah. So uh, obviously getting back from the gr- uh, the break, kind of getting back into things. Um, so our next uh, couple of things coming up, we've got a coaches connection meeting December the 12th, which we're excited about. We've got some great presenters coming in. Actually, Mr. Brian McBride, formerly of the U.S. men's national team, uh, a, yes. a, resi- a resident here in Arlington Heights. He's going to be coming in, talking about his company and his group that he's working with. Uh, and then a little bit of an update on uh, coaching education. And then uh, also going to be uh, actually going to be trying to Skype in a person, uh, Connor Marlin, who's actually head of sales with this new company called Vio, which is actually kind of a cool company that we're trying to work with. It's um, basically a video company, but you do not need a cameraman. Um, so it's oh. really kind of a neat neat program that we're trying to kind of look at and uh, show to some of our clubs and members. So we're excited about that. Meaning Futsal. like that they, they videotape the games for you so you can have like a video no, session? It's set, it's set up. It's it's really kind of cool. It's set up where they actually, you set it up. It's like a little uh, camera. You just set it up and it does everything for you. You don't have to touch it. It follows the ball. It's unbelievable. Really? You have to check it. Yeah, it's pretty cool actually. Um, so, um, so yeah, so we got him, he's going to be chatting a little bit about that, uh, when he's hit, when we're kind of Skyping it through cause he's actually in England. Um, but then also, um, our futsal cup, we've got the futsal state cup. So applications are still coming in. Hopefully if there's teams that are interested, that's going to be the end of January. We go all the way through till the first part of January. I think January the 4th is our registration. So that's a big one. Um, and then we'll start getting ready for spring stuff. Hopefully, uh, as soon as the snow melts and, uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Well, that sounds very exciting. Um, now it's time for the part of the show where, uh, Really, my whole reason for doing this show, Adam's TV tip. Hang on. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV tip. All right. What games should we not miss this coming weekend? Well, I think your best bet is going to be on Sunday. So we have a triple header of games. And what's nice about these games, and it's called, they're going to call it, I think they're going to probably do a little bit of a promotion on this. It's called Derby Day. So these are all local derbies between teams that are close. So you've got my team, Chelsea, playing Fulham. That's the local derby. I think that's the first one. Then you've got Everton. Actually, I think it's Tottenham, Arsenal, North London derby, big one. And then you've got the Merseyside derby, Everton, Liverpool. So I think you might as well just put yourself on Sunday, <laughs> sit yourself on the couch. You've got a triple header. Watch them before the Bears play. That sounds like a perfect day for me. Yeah. Uh, if you would uh, like to know more about Adam and Rick, you can follow us on Twitter, FK with Adam and Rick. Also on Facebook, uh, Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. You can uh, check out our day jobs. I'm the publisher of Eckhart's Press, Eckhart'sPress.com, and the co-host of the Minutia Men podcast with David Stern. And actually, we won't have a podcast next week uh, because I will be in New York, uh, you know, on my for my day job. Um, <laughs> but we'll be back again uh, coming up. Um, and anyway, uh, Adam is the technical director, director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. The executive producer of the podcast is Tony Lasano of Opi Productions. We are distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again in two weeks with another episode of Free Kicks. <laughs> 
The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. We are happy to have Mark Cuban on the show. Is there a way that we can monetize my daughter's eye rolls? Can you do anything? Can, can you figure that out? So my daughter, I'll let her put on on Sirius XM, whatever song she likes. We pull into this half circle when I drop her off and, you know, she's ready to get out of the car. I'll say, I love you, sweetie. Bam! Blast it. And, you know, and if it's a song I know the words to, then I'm singing along, too, and her friends are looking at me and looking at the oh. car. Oh, man, there's nothing you know? more embarrassing than dad singing along. <laughs> oh, man, it's like, Kiki, do you love me? <laughs> Tony Lasano Podcast, an Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com.